You are tuning into the True North Church Podcast. Our prayer is that you would be inspired and encouraged by today's message. For more information about True North Church, please visit us online at truenorthak.org. We're, we're in a series right now called Taking a Lap. And uh, it's that time of year, you know, if you're a football player, there's some big, there's some big games on right now. College football, it's where it's at. Um, and, and uh, well, it's not where it's at. It's just fun if you love college football. Now is where, you know, they're starting to decide who's going to play. Um, but but we're, we're in a church right now where we're doing something, I think, bigger than any national championship football game will ever be. Um, we're having a, we're, we're talking about taking another lap corporately and personally. And there's a verse we've been looking at. It's a verse in 2 Timothy. Paul is writing this from prison. It's a pastoral epistle. It's a letter to a pastor who's passionate the church. Timothy was a young man. Paul is writing this, and I want to pick up. It's our theme verse for the last several weeks uh, for this, this month. It says, endure. Say endure. Endure hardship with us like a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No one serving as a soldier gets involved in civilian affairs. He wants to please his commanding officer. Similarly, uh, if anyone competes as an athlete, he does not receive a victor's crown unless he competes according to the rules. And a hardworking farmer should be the first to receive the share of the crops. Now, if you're reading this, you're thinking, like, this doesn't, like, there's, like, what's a soldier and an athlete and a farmer have to get in common? And Paul says to Timothy, think about these three illustrations, and the Lord will help you understand how they apply. Now, he starts out by saying endure hardship. That word endure, we've talked about the last several weeks, if you're new uh, to this series. The word endure means to be long-minded. Paul is telling Timothy there are going to be some things in life that you need to have a mind that's longer than. How many have battles right now that you're walking through? Your mind has to be longer than the battle. If you're a good soldier, hey, if you have a mind longer than the battle, you realize at some point you win. Have a mind longer than the race, because at some point you finish. Have a mind longer than the, the farmer that plants the seed and is waiting for a harvest. Today, I want to talk about the idea of being long-minded like a farmer, how, 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 to, how, how, to, how, how to plant seeds and yet wait for the harvest. Now, today, this message is going to, to touch us in three different ways. It's going to touch us on a micro level. Like when I say a micro level, we, we all, all of us are, are either individuals or we're married or have families in this place, and we're going to leave this building. The, the church is going to scatter, go its separate ways. We're going to lock the doors on this building today because on the micro level, guess what? We're all the church that scatters every week, but then when we come together on Sunday, we're the church that gathers. So there's a corporate element. We're going to talk about the micro element, the macro, but there's a kingdom story too. On a personal level, I get to live and manifest the kingdom of God in my home with my family, but I sure hope you do it with your family. But when we come together, what's God asking us to do on a kingdom level as a gathered church? What what story is God writing about us in our city? And so I believe that today, when we talk about being long-minded regarding the harvest, that God's going to speak to us. It says, like a hardworking farmer, we should be the first to receive a crop. How many want to know you've been planting for a while, there's a crop coming? Anyone, anyone excited about the crop that's coming? Anyone thankful that you, 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 what you, you reap what you sow? In fact, let's go on. I, I, I want to look at, at today, I want to talk about what I call seven laws of the harvest. But this idea of harvesting 
It's not just a new thing. It's not a New Testament thing. It's been around post-creation. In Genesis chapter 6, God looks down and goes, I don't know if I like where sin has taken creation. And so he calls a man named Noah to do what? To build a boat. And in chapter 6 of Genesis, God calls Noah to build a boat because it's going to rain. Now, how many want to know? It had never rained on the earth before this. They'd never had to build a boat before this. And so he's the, the neighborhood like, <laughs> who's that guy? Well, God spoke to him. He's building a boat. What's a boat? I don't know. It's going to rain. What's rain? He builds a boat. Chapter 7, God tells Noah, Noah. This is God in your contacts. Siri, I'm not talking to you right now. Shut up. That's weird. Siri doesn't like what I'm saying. <laughs> my computer started talking back to me. Sorry. Um, that's what happens with my kids sometimes. Um, Genesis chapter 7, God tells uh, Noah, get on the ark. And, and as he gets on the ark with his family, God begins to sell, send animals two by two. Now, I don't have a lot of questions for a lot of the Old Testament people in the Bible. Um, I have some, but when I see Noah in heaven, I'm gonna, I don't know if I'm going to slap him or, or I'm going to ask him, why didn't you kill the mosquitoes? Wouldn't that be a great question to ask him? Because talk about sowing and reaping. They have sown and they, no. Um, Genesis chapter seven is, and so they get on the boat. God sends rain. He opens the floodgates below and above, and it rains for 40 days and 40 nights. The earth was flooded for 150 days. The water resides. And in Genesis chapter eight, uh, uh, 150 days later, he gets off the boat. Noah builds an altar. He sacrifices on the altar. And the Bible says God was pleased with the aroma. And God then gave three promises to Noah. The first promise he gave to Noah was that never again will I curse the ground because of man. And secondly, he says, never again will I destroy all living creatures as I've done. And then thirdly, he makes a promise and he says this. It'll be on the screen here. Genesis chapter eight, verse 22. While the earth remains, as long as the earth remains, seed time and what? Harvest, cold and went heat, winter and summer. See, he was right about Alaska. There's two seasons, winter and summer, right? Well, there's three days of fall, okay? Um, see, time and harvest, cold and heat, winter, summer, day and night shall not cease. He's telling Noah, Noah, there is something about the circadian rhythm of the earth, how it goes around every year. There will be seed time, and there'll be harvest. There'll be cold, and there'll be hot. There'll be winter. There'll be summer. There'll be day, and there will be night. These are realities that will remain until I come back. As long as the earth is there, there's seed time, and there's harvest. That's an Old Testament. In the New Testament, we see, he says, don't be deceived. God is not mocked, for whatsoever man soweth, that he'll also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall reap corruption, but he that soweth to the Spirit shall reap, uh, uh, shall, uh, of the Spirit reap life everlasting. And let us not become weary in well-doing, for in due season we'll reap if we don't faint. In other words, let's be long-minded. You're going to sow. There, but you, you, it might take a while, but if you sow, you're going to reap. As we have, therefore, opportunity, let us do good unto men, especially unto those 
who are the household of faith. So there, there's, a, there's a principle that will remain until as long as the earth remains. There's day and night, summer, winter, cold and hot. And guess what? There's going to be seed time and harvest. I want to talk today. I want to take the few moments we have. And I want, to, I want to talk about a biblical idea or biblical principles, truth, called the seven laws of the harvest. If there's seed time and harvest, what are the laws? What are biblical principles regarding the harvest? Seven laws of the harvest. Number one, if you're taking notes, and they're on the worship guide also. Uh, if you have Version Bible app downloaded, you can go to live events and follow along with True North. And the notes are there as well. Number one, we reap only what has been sown. What we reap was planted. It was either planted naturally, it was planted purposely, it was either planted by God or by man. See, here's the deal. Uh, positive or negative, it's been planted and you, you, you only reap what has been sown. What does that mean? That means we all have choices. We have choices to plant and if we plant the right things, we reap the right things. If we plant the wrong things, we reap the wrong things. But, but what we reap, we only reap what's been sown. It, 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 you can't reap what hasn't been sown. So I'm so blessed. My parents, before I was born, my, my mom and dad gave their lives to Jesus Christ, and it changed their life. They were good people beforehand, but how many want to know good people don't go to heaven? People who have a relationship with Jesus go to heaven. They were good people, but they didn't have a personal relationship with Jesus. And they made that decision, and they brought us to church. And my parents sowed things into us. Their choices still matter today. And because of their choices, uh, my, my kids love Jesus. And, and, and one of my daughters is now married, and, and, and they're making good choice. It, 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 you reap what you sow. We also reap the benefits of what others have sown. That's why the Bible says, for whatever a man sows he shall also reap. Back on the farm, I would rip my pants and my mom would say, what you rip also. That's a different thing. <laughs> the second principle is we reap the same kind that we sow. Paul says if you sow to the flesh, you what? You reap corruption. You, float, you sow to the spirit, you reap what the spirit has, which is life everlasting. There's people who sow, there are people, see here, I've known people, I met with someone last week who started drinking alcohol when he was 13 years of age. He's now in his 40s. Has been five years without a drink of alcohol and something flipped the other day and he took a drink again for the first time in five years. He goes, I'm still reaping today from years of sowing in the past. Now, he, he says, Mark, I, I'm not living an addictive lifestyle, but I can go back there tomorrow. Now, praise God, this person's responding with different choice. But how many of us in here, you're, you, you only reap what you reap the same kind you sow. You sow carrots, you reap carrots. You sow corn, you reap corn. You sow cabbage, you reap cabbage. You sow eggplants, you get eggplant. Not sure why you want that, but we won't go there. If you sow love, you get love. You sow patience, you get patience. You sow, you sow forgiveness, what do you reap? You ever met people that seems like everywhere they go, trouble follows? And sometimes it's not because, it's not because of everyone else. You ever met people that blame everyone else for their own problem? But you know when you blame someone else for your own problem, you're being lame? If you want to walk it, you want to be forgiven, then start forgiving. 
If you always have a, like a discouraging, negative person, you're probably going to read, everything's going to seem negative to you. It's just called, that's just, and, and so you reap the same kind you sow. You, 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 you sow alcohol, you're probably going to reap some addiction eventually. You sow, they're just, that's what happens. It's called life. What, you, what, what are you sowing in your marriage? It's a question I want to ask. What are you sowing into your marriage? What are you sowing into your kids? What are you sowing? We always reap what has been sown. We always reap the same kind that's been sown. And thirdly, we reap in a different season than when we've sown. Tiger Woods, and I'm not talking about his lifestyle or choices, but when he was three years of age, his dad set him up on a golf tee with a golf ball and some clubs, and for 17 years, he practiced, and his dad talked about, okay, what, when, when you swung like that, what happened with the ball? And, and at the age of 20, he won his first championship. Why? You reap in the different season than you sow, and sometimes you have to work a lot to, to get there. You sow, you sow discipline, you reap discipline. If you sow right now, fat burger and McDonald's, there'll be a day. I remember my dad said one time, he says, yeah, I can't eat what I used to eat. And I didn't believe him. Oh, wait till you turn 40, that metabolism thing changes. No, guess what? You're going to sow what you eat. Or I should say, you're going you're to show what you eat. <laughs> okay, that might be a better way of saying it, right? Uh, I, I've, been, I've been sowing. I've been sowing some Oreos and I've been, sh- never mind. There's seed time and there's, different season and that's the challenge is we live in America and we want everything now we, we expect instant results maybe your maybe your marriage is walking through some difficult times because for years you've sowed negativity and and now you're going like how do I fix it and oftentimes what happens is we've sown for a while a negative and then we we, we come to know God and we want everything fixed instantly we're like you know something you might have to start sowing some good things for a while to see everything turn. We reap in a different season. No harvest comes the moment the seed's planted. We must wait until the God-appointed time. And that's why the Bible says, don't become weary in doing good, for in due season you'll reap. If you don't faint. We keep sowing, we keep giving, we keep investing because we know at some point in a different season, we will reap. Now, some of you may be like, I've been giving for a long time, I've been sowing for a long time, Mark, Mark, and I'm not seeing that harvest. I've been praying for my kids and they're walking down the wrong path or I've been praying for my grandkids. Friends, don't give up. Number four, we, we reap more than we sow. Anyone here like sunflower seeds? When we travel, my wife likes sunflower seeds. I probably should like sunflower seeds more. Those, those snicker bars probably have more calories than sunflower seeds. And so my wife eats you know, a sunflower seed and she'll spit it out. But you know, if you plant, I, I, when I went to Bible college, I, I was in North Dakota and there was thousands of acres of sunflower seeds and you'd, you'd run by and see that they, they plant one seed but that one seed has a flower and they say every seed, sunflower seed that flower has up to 2,000 seeds how many guys that's, that's called you that's called reaping more than you sow 
That's, that, you know, you might want to become a, you know, a sunflower seed farmer. Well, maybe not. Not in Alaska. But if you plant one seed, you get 2,000. You know, with banking and investment, it takes a while. You always reap more than you sow. When you sow, invest in your kids, invest in your marriage, you invest in people. When you sow to the wind, the Bible says, you reap the whirlwind. If you sow to the good, you reap the bounty from God. Harvest is always greater than what's planted. For 20 years, my wife and I worked with teenagers. We worked with young people. I, I, I love young people. I always have. If you plan for one year, grow rice. My, my, one of my mentors said, grow, buy, buy a rice paddy somewhere in, the, in, in Asia and grow some rice, you could make a profit. If you plan for 25, 30 years, grow trees in Oregon. If you plan for a lifetime, grow young people. For 20 years, we sowed to the young people, and I, I remember, I'd look for the kid in the crowd that was by himself, and I'd, I'd make sure I'd get him connected to somebody, and I was, I, I was that way. That's, I'm a four-year pastor, because I look for who's walking in, maybe doesn't know someone, I try to connect, and, and that, you know, but I, I've done that, I did that for 20 years in youth ministry. I, I, thousands of kids over 20 years, my, my, I had a chance to speak into their lives and connect, and, and I always prayed, Lord, there are some nights that I'm away from my house, because I'm at a camp with someone else's kid, and, and I'm at a conference with someone else's kid. Lord, would you let someone be there for my kids someday? And I want to say thank you to this church for all the youth leaders and all the kids workers that have been there with my kid. My nine-year-old son, the number of people downstairs the last nine years. Well, he's not been there in nine years, sorry. He's not still in the toddler's room, okay? But I want to say thank you. You know, here's the thing. I invested in young people believing that someday I would reap what I sowed. Let me help some of you think. You, you want your kids someday to serve God? You know what I'd be doing if I were you? I'd be in the nursery helping out with someone else's kids serve God. I'd be a youth leader helping some other kids serve God, knowing that someday you're going to reap the same kind that you sowed. I, I, I have four daughters who love Jesus. Three of them out of high school, uh, almost the second one to graduate from college soon. They love Jesus. They want to impact people. And I, I'm not saying it's because of me. I'm saying it's because somebody else showed up and helped mentor them alongside me. What are you doing to preserve your future harvest? What are you sowing today into tomorrow? Last Sunday at this church, we had 501 children and teenagers in, in, our, in, in our gatherings, in our kids and our youth ministry, 501. And I think part of it is because we've been sowing into that with all the people that help with young people around here. I also believe our best days are ahead because here's, you can look at the culture out there and go, I don't like where it's going, or look and say, yeah, but if we change the next one, what happens? Biblical principles, seed time and harvest. Number five, we reap in proportion to what we sow. If I plant one sunflower seed and it grows, I get 2,000. If I plant 10 sunflower seeds and get 10 plants, I got 20,000. If I plant 100, I got 200,000. If I plant 10 acres... What are you sowing? You, you sow a little, you're going to reap a little. You sow much, you're going to reap much. The more ground we sow, 
the greater the harvest we'll have. Number six, we reap the full harvest of good only if we persevere. The evil harvest will come on its own. Anyone here ever, like, I don't know about you, Alaska's summers are short. And I work hard to have my lawn look good, but why is it my lawn, like it can get hot and warm outside, and if I'm too cheap to water my grass, it turns brown, but weeds seem to always look healthy. Does anyone ever figure that out? It doesn't make sense. My grass can be brown, but there's that beautiful dandelion deciding to spread its seed everywhere it wants. See, here's the deal. We only, the devil would love us to focus on all the things that aren't going well and quit planting now, because if you keep planting now, there'll come a day you have a harvest. If you persevere, if you keep, it's like the person saying, oh, I'm tired of trying. I've tr- I had someone say, I'm, t- I'm tired of serving, serving, serving God. It's just, I, I tried God, but it didn't work. You tried God? I tried broccoli as a kid. You try asparagus, you try anchovies. You don't try God, you commit to God. You commit to the good and the bad. You have a relationship with the almighty God. You don't try God. Oh, I guess I'll try him out like I, you know. You don't date God. You have a relationship with God. Part of the challenge is some of us have to make a decision. I'm all in all the time through good and bad that he's going to be with me. The storms are going to come. The rain's going to come. The water's going to rise. But I'm building my house upon the rock because it always stands. Make a commitment. You reap a harvest if you don't give up, if you persevere, if you have a mind longer than when you plant and you want the harvest. And number seven, we can't do anything about last year's harvest, but we can about this year's. See, last year is history, it can't be relived. We can't do anything about the past. Our concern needs to not be about, uh, about yesterday, about, but, but about tomorrow. See, if, I stare, if this wall's my past and that wall's my future, if I stare at my past, I have my back to my future. Here's the reality. You can't take back last year's harvest, but you can change next year's. And there are people in here that Thanksgiving for you is an awkward time because you've sowed. In the past, there's some decisions you made, and it's awkward because there might be, there might be multiple families and kids, and, and there's they're, they're, they're just some challenges that come because of decisions that you can't change. But friends, that doesn't mean you don't change tomorrow. Right. I was talking to someone today. He says, Mark, one of my employees... He's been married, in fact, I married this couple about four years ago, and I was telling this employer, I said, man, I've seen so much growth in your employee. I've seen his life just, I've seen him grow as a, as a person. And, and, and he says, you know, Mark, he says, God's doing great things. He says, you know, he, he feels bad because he has two daughters he doesn't know, has no relationship with him, but he now has a four-year-old in this new marriage, and he's making sure he doesn't make the same mistakes he made in the past. You can't take back yesterday's harvest, but you can change tomorrow's. Friends, look at me. It's never too late to begin again. It's never too late. 
God can take your pain. He can take the stains. He can take this, the, the, the stuff of the past and God can begin. He can begin to recalculate, recalibrate your life by, by changing what you're sowing today. Seed time and harvest, that will always remain. You'll always reap what you sow. You'll always reap in a different season you sow. You'll always reap more than you sow. You can't take back yesterday, but you can change tomorrow. There are some of you, God wants to change your harvest, but it means you change what you're sowing. Now I started out saying, that as a church, there's the micro level, there's you. We have to, you have to change your harvest. You have to change what, what you're doing. You have to change what you're sowing personally. Again, you're gonna leave, the, the church is gonna scatter. You're gonna leave this building. We're gonna lock the doors of this building, but we're gonna gather like we are today. The church is gonna gather, and the gathered church. Now, I, I wanna talk to us as the gathered church today. In 1940, Charles and Emma Hershey drove up the Alcan. And I don't know if they bought a house or rented a house, but they had a house on 4th Avenue here in town. And in in August of 1940, they planted First Assembly of God here in Fairbanks, Alaska. They met in their house for two years. And I don't know know what the discussions were, but but after two years, they started to meet in what they call the Oddfellows Hall in town. It's that white thrift teak building that's over there right behind uh, 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 a barbecue place. What's that called? Uh, Big Daddy's, it's, and it's, it's got a white two-story building, and it's a thrift teaks right now, and it was actually the town showers. I assume uh, 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 Emma said to Charles, the people that come to our church don't shower enough, and our house stinks, and our furniture stinks for the next three days after they leave, so let's rent out the shower hall and have church there so people can get clean with Jesus and they can get clean physically. I'm making that up. I don't know what they said, but all I know is they were there for a while and then they started raising money and in 1944, on Christmas Day, 1944, which is 83 years ago, they started, they had their first service, no, not 83, 79 years ago, they had their first service on Christmas Day in a log cabin building they built across the street from their house on 3rd Avenue here in Fairbanks, Alaska. It's where Golden Towers is. That was where our first church building was. Now, they were there for about 20 years, and, and then the, the building, the land underneath their building got sold. They must have been leasing it. It got sold, so they took their church building in 1963, and they moved it to Nanana and planted Nanana Assembly of God Church, which is now Truno Church in Nanana. And they're averaging anywhere from 60 to 70 people a week right now. In a town of 300 people, that's a pretty good deal. Okay, God's doing great things down there from this church. And, and then they, 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 they met in a Lutheran church for a year or two as they raised money to build our church building right now where our kids meet over here. That was our first church building, and they opened in 1966. Now, you might say, why are you sharing that story? Because I'll tell you right now, last year, no, last, the last 11 months, since January 1, 2023, 151 people have taken their phones out at one of our gatherings, at the end of our gathering, and they'll put it over the QR code, and they've told us they made a decision to serve Jesus. 151 people. You might say, why is that a big deal? That's more than could have fit in the log cabin in 1944 when they built that. But you always reap in a different season than you plant, and you always reap more than you sowed. And you don't know. You have no idea. They didn't know that, 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 that we, we've had 877 visitors in the last 10 months. 877. 
Those are people that told us they were visiting. There's some people in here that lie. No, just kidding. I say, what do I say to that? In the process, obviously, we have six gatherings. We're, we're, we're between 15 to 600 people on a weekly basis. But when they planted that church, it's called planting a church. And in 1944, they had no idea that their living room would grow to a church this size that has all these great people in it. And so because of that, we started something called Church Passing two years ago. We bought land. Actually, we started longer than two years ago. There's a gentleman on our building committee sitting right in here that knows, oh, no, it's been more than two years, Brother Mark. Seven, eight years we've been working on, on land and re, you know, at, you know, re, redoing our facility here and our parking lot to expand everything. And we kind of, the last 10 years, we've been on a journey to, to make as much room as we can. And we bought five different parcels of ground on, on College Road to piece together for almost 18 acres. And, and we're in this journey. Um, and right now, when we started th- two, two years ago, we did a church passing campaign and generosity initiative, and, and $3 million was pledged and given above and beyond the tithe. But then inflation hit, and guess what? The building went up $3 million. So we're back almost not to square one because uh, we have a foundation in now and a steel structure in right now, but we're at the place where we're asking our church, will you help us take another lap? Will you keep planting knowing that there's a harvest on the other end? So I believe this church, look at me, I believe with all my heart, there are thousands in our city who still need to know Jesus. And, and so if you haven't seen this Take Another Lap book, I want you to grab it on the way out. And again, I, our, we, we made sure not to make this sound like an infomercial for Caleb, you know, like uh, give us your money. Uh, guys, I want you to understand the, 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 so, the law, the sowing and reaping principle for you corporately as the church scattered. But I also want to see what happens when the church gathers and comes together and we pool our seed on the same field and we plant seeds together. What happens? Here's what we're trying to do. I'll, I'll show you the picture here. We, we currently meet in building A. We remodel that, and, and there'll be close to 400 people worshiping there today. And um, early January, or, or, or sometime early January, or sometime in January, our school will launch our daycare uh, 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 infant through f- five years of age in that building. We built it to have a daycare there with the right bathrooms, and the toilet seats are like down here. It was weird using it the other day, so I won't go there. Um, but we're building building B, and right now it's a shell. We were over there, and we worshiped there the other night. It's a beautiful building. It'll seat almost 700 people. In fact, go to the next photo here real quick. Um, uh, uh, those windows on the outside of that building face the engineering building at UAF. It's, it's it, the way it's faced, and you look out, and you see the hill. Um, and, uh, and the sanctuary, large, large stage that allows us to do big dramas and performances. And that's the foyer looking into this, the area. Um, the foyer is going to be... Now, I do want you to know that, that we, the beams actually connect, but the, the um, architectural renderings don't have all of the beams connecting there. But we actually do have a legitimately engineered building. Okay, just in case some of you are one. Some of you, some, some of you melancholics are like, I think there's a problem there, uh, Eunice. Gert, it's okay, Gertie. It's going to be all right. Okay, it's, no. Um, but here's the thing: it's going to, uh, uh, and we walk through it. Uh, our land over there, our land and our current assets here, are worth 18.5 million dollars. That's how much value we have. We've we borrowed and leveraged right now five five point eight million is what we owe the bank. Um, so our debt to, to income ratio is pretty low. Um, but this is how we're going to pay for it. Here's what I, how, I'm going to ask you to take another lap with me in the next 12 months. This is what it looks like. Um, how, how are we going to make? How are we going to do it? Um, we're going to raise one-third of the money. We're going to take another lap, three to four million dollars. That might take us two, three, four years. We don't know. Um, but we're going to ask you to have a mind longer than the season because there's a harvest on the other end. 
There's a battle we're fighting and we're gonna have a mind longer than the battle. There's a race we're running and we're gonna have a mind longer than the race. Um, the, 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 the banks want to loan us up to four million. We don't wanna to have to borrow all the money. If we raise more, right? And we're doing some value engineering to change and, and change the finishes to drive the cost of the building down. But we, we, we assume it's about $10 million. We're hoping to drive that down, but on the high end. And, and then the, the bank is willing to sell this building to our school. Now again, our daycare is launching in, in, the, in the new year. Um, in the next several weeks, we'll let you know how to get your name on a list and things like that. Um, so you'll be the first to know when we're taking applications. We're, we've interviewed teachers. We're close to making some hires, things like that. So we're there. But the, the school's gonna be making a loan payment to the savings account because they've, the, 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 the banks already told us, your building's worth four million. We know the building's worth four million here. They'll sell this building to our school, which we're gonna have a ready-made money to pay the payments on it, if that makes sense. And the daycare will stay there and we'll start our elementary school right here. Could you imagine this being a gymnasium? And, and so we'll start an elementary school here uh, because we believe that we reap what we sow. And we believe if we sow to the next generation, we reap great things in our culture, in our city, in our state. And the, you see, if we want to plan for one year, I'd grow rice. If I plan for 25 years, grow pe uh, uh, trees. If I plan for a lifetime, I grow what? Young people. And we believe we'll have a 1,000 students in our school someday. We believe that. We believe we'll win the state championship someday in hockey. True North Academy. Can you see it? I can. I don't know what you look at. I see that. So this is how it's going to happen. We're going to ask you to take another lap with us. Go to the next slide real quick. Um, and we're asking everyone, would you take the next step in your generosity journey? Here's what I know. Not everyone that comes to True North um, sows their tithes, their offerings. And so we're asking everyone, if you've never given, would you, would you be a first-time giver? If you've given, would you become a consistent giver? Give consistently. And, and if you give consistently, would you become an intentional giver? An intentional giver says, and we all give intentionally every month. Some of you have cell phones. You pay your cell phone bill intentionally because you don't want to shut off. How many of you guys pay your heat bill right now, your fuel bill? Uh, so, so there's things, but here's the deal. I'm not asking you to pray about those first three. I'm asking you to obey God on those first three. God says to tithe. Well, God, should I tithe? It's like my kid going, go clean your room, Fulton. Let me pray about that, Dad. Oh, no, no. You don't want to pray about that because your daddy might pray upon you right now. You don't have to pray. Now, the next two I'm going to ask you to pray about, and that's this. Would you, would you become a sacrificial giver or a legacy giver? My wife and I, uh, for, for church pastor two years ago, sold one of our houses we have a couple investment homes, and, and we rented them out. We sold it, and we gave $100,000 because we believed in this project. And so we're having to ask now, okay, we don't have another house to sell, so <laughs> my wife and I don't want to be homeless. So, um, so we're going, well, how are we going to sacrifice? There's some of us in here, every one of us in a different place financially in our, home, in our lives. For some of you, $10 a month extra is a sacrifice. I get it. Things are tight. Others, though, are in here maybe saying, God, is there a legacy gift? What can I give that, so my life is defined by my, my giving? And I would ask everyone on, on the 3rd of December um, to join the team and, and begin to say, God, I want to be a part of what God's doing. And, and we'll pass these out in the next couple weeks and December 3rd. And, that's, and, and it, we're going to keep staying the fight. We're going to stay in the race. We're going to keep planning. And, and in Galatians 6, 9, our text today, it says this. It says, let us not become weary in doing good for the proper season we reap a harvest if we don't give up. We believe, and we'll talk about next week, what we believe is going to happen in our, in, our, in our building. See, here's the thing. To be long-minded means I have to think about generations beyond me. 
Let's have a mind longer than just my generation. When, when the building got built, our first log cabin building, and they started raising money for this building on Airport Way, they had no idea that 151 people would accept Christ in the first 10, 11 months of this year. What can you believe God for for the future? I want to pray over you. But before I pray, I want to pray. I, I, in fact, every, every head bowed, every eye closed. You're here today. You're far from God. And today you want to make a commitment to Jesus and say, God, I, I've been maybe sowing the wrong way, but I want to start sowing a different way. I want, to, I, want to tra- I want you to transform my life and I want to go a different trajectory. Just pray this person as I pray out loud. Dear Jesus, today I admit my sin. I need you. Please forgive me. Please be my savior and my life leader. Help me serve you the rest of my life in Jesus' name. What a fantastic service. Be sure to stay in touch by following us on social media so you can stay up to date with all that is happening at True North Church.